What's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Bleacher Banter Podcast, presented by Bleacher Fan Sports. You got Jones here along with Sully, and we got a whole lot to discuss. We got uh, some NFL news, despite it being the offseason. We got NBA playoffs going on, and, and we'll look back at the first couple weeks of the NMLB season, see how that's going. But let's start off with the uh, thing that's kind of taken took the NFL by storm today. Uh, Debo Samuel officially requested a trade from the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, despite not somehow not being able to reach a contract agreement. I don't know <clears throat> what the deal was. I, I, it seems like one of these things, they never really discussed numbers. We didn't hear like that he was getting shortchanged. Um, it was just kind of, it went from like they were discussing a deal to Debo doesn't really want to sign a deal to now I want out. And we didn't really get any reasoning why. And when you hear the teams that are, <clears throat> Sorry, uh, when you hear the teams that are being talked about to trade for him, pretty head-scratching why Debo would want to leave San Francisco for that. Because it's not like he's the guy in San Francisco. It's not like he's not getting playing time or wants more of the ball the or something. And it seemed... That's the issue. He's their running back. He's their wide receiver. He's their returner. And running backs don't get paid shit. Uh, I think there's been a lot of reports that he's unhappy with his usage in a, I'm going to say in an overuse uh, amount. There was a statistic that showed how many snaps he's had at slot receiver, at uh, out wide, at uh, returner, at running back, over 120 snaps. I mean, running backs don't get paid. The way Debo plays is very violent and physical. And if he continues to get the amount of snaps he is as a running back, He's going to have a very short career, very short career, because he's physical to begin with, with how he attacks people in the open field. And once you, you know, once you, I mean, he, he's great in the open field. He's great yards after contact. But, I mean, we've seen the best runners and even returners. They don't have long shelf lives. Oh, and in addition, you're going to be a, you know, every down wide receiver. You know, even if you pay him $25 million a year, and that's, that's a lot of money. I mean, it's not to be, it's, it's. I think he wants out because they're relying on him as he's the entire offense. You could make a strong case he's more important than whoever plays quarterback, whether it's Jimmy or uh, Trey. I I think either would be fine. Um, I know there's a lot of people high on Trey. I'm decently high on Trey. But um, you take out Debo out of that offense, they're not top 20. I mean – yeah, Ayuk is nice yeah. and Kittle. You, you like it's nice, but who's playing running back for them? Mostert's gone. Elijah Mitchell is good, but he's was banged up, injured. He's had seven or eight really nice games. Um, but you know, their running back depth is suspect now that you get rid of Mostert. You get rid of him. Um, receiver Ayuk now becomes a one. That's totally different. Kittle is used in large portion as a blocker, even though we know what he can do in the in, in the pass game. Their whole offense is set up um, smashing. Um, the ball down your throats and setting up play action to guys like Kittle. And a lot of that running is Debo Samuel. I mean, you saw in the playoffs, he was, uh, you know, as the season progressed, they used him more and more. So maybe the 120 snaps out of the backfield doesn't sound staggering. But if you saw his usage, it was 10, 12, 13 carries as you got, you know, further down. So I think he just wants to say, this is not a game I want to play. I want to look out for myself and I want to get paid. But I also – because – what I heard, I didn't hear exact numbers like you, but I heard that he 
um, that he's not getting shortchanged. It sounds we don't know numbers, but that he that they they put a substantial offer together. Whether I, yeah, I just, I, that's I'm the that feeling I got is that if uh, I had it was a report that came out the other day. If I had to get yeah, twenty to twenty five range, I would I would imagine because it was either Schefter or so, someone legitimate. Someone legitimate said that he was. It was just simply he didn't want to be there anymore. It wasn't like, you know, it the Niners Schefter were giving originally. him. It wasn't a money. Yeah, it was Schefter originally. It was like it was like it's not a money issue. And then they're like, well, well here goes Schefter with his opinions. And then Rap said the same thing today. He's like, no, it's not a money issue. And then people are like, what is the issue? He's getting great usage. But I just think how physical he plays, and he had injuries two years ago. I don't think. I just think he's looking out for his best interest. And, and, you know, football players don't have a long career in general. Running backs and hybrids like him, which he's really like the only person in the league that does what he does. It's not – this isn't Cooper Cup. This isn't Tyree Kill getting two to three at most jet sweeps a game. This isn't Jamar Chase, you know, getting the jet sweeps. This is line it up, smash mouth, eye formation football where he is – putting a pounding and taking a pounding on, on, on his body as well. Um, so I think he's like, look, you know, if he had one or two carries a game, I'm sure he'd be cool with it. I'm sure he likes to run the ball, but not 10 to 15 times a game. Cause you're not going to get, you're not going to pay him seven, five to six mil for being a running back and 25 mil for being receiver and two mil to be a returner. No one's going to do that. So his value is in the current market, I think easily 30 plus million. If you're going to value him by position for everything that he does for that team, I don't think they could put a, they couldn't even get to that amount. It wouldn't, it would hand, hand but, but isn't so that much. where his value comes from? And isn't that where his value comes from in a trade? Like you're, 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 if I'm, if I'm a team looking to trade for Debo Samuel, I don't want to trade for wide receiver Debo Samuel and have nothing else. You know, I mean, Obviously, I, I want to trade for that guy, but I'm not going to trade for him and then pay him $30 million. He's not a $30 well, million yeah, dollar wide receiver. No, his, value, his value is in his versatility. Maybe maybe, maybe he's, maybe that's something that I'm sure that he would have conversations. Like, yeah, maybe I'll take the rock, you know, four to five times a game as a running back. You know, that's, but I'm not doing this 14, those ca- games we had 13, 14 carries week in and week out. But yeah, if you want, you know, a handful of snaps running back, I can do that or more on the jet sweeps. You're right. He's not worth $30 million a year, but I would say he's worth 20, 22 million a year. Um, being that, you know, he is still a really good top 10, top 15 receiver. He, he put up big numbers or maybe it's a red zone thing, you know, maybe where it's like when we're getting the red zone, like, you know, the, uh, the wheel, the you know, the training wheels are off. Like if you, and then I'm sure he'd be fine with that. And that's kind of how it started. But like, yeah, I'll run the ball. You know, third goal and third and three at the three yard line. Yeah, I'll take, I'll take it, and I'll get those three yards and get the touchdowns. Or maybe he does want he wants that set up in his contract where it's a, where it's look, I don't really want to do this, but if I'm going to hit these marks, I'm going to make an additional amount of money for rushing touchdowns or rushing yards um, because. I just yeah, I don't. Think that's the way. I mean, you, you have to do done. that. It has to be some incentive-laden thing because uh, it, you think there's some element of like Shanahan's too creative of a coach for him. You know what I mean? Like it, Shanahan on like realized this some sort of like untapped potential, if you will, on like too the creative in a sense of, that it's leading him. to overuse <laughs> or like for his yeah, mind. Yeah, like 
Shanahan Shanahan's such like a, a you know a gunslinger you know of an offensive coordinator not in the actual like you know throw it down the field sense but just like kind of a, a wild card that you know he he kind of is willing to run these different sets and different plays and creative plays more frequently than other coaches are. So, you know, Debo might be fine running the ball three, yeah, like you said, three to five times a game in a yeah. situation to throw the defense off, like how a normal offense would run him, you know? Like kind of how it started but out. Not, like, look at this. Like he had, I can't believe he had more rushing than receiving touchdowns in the regular season. He had 77 for, um, 77 catches for 1,405 yards. So he's a legit receiver, wide receiver, like 1,400 yards for a receiver, and, but only six touchdowns. But... He had 59 carries, which it was a lot more in the playoffs, for 365 yards. So you're talking about a 6.2-yard average and eight rushing touchdowns. He had 14 touchdowns total. So, like, for me, like, yeah, I'm still using him in the red zone. Like, I'm using him all I can. Short yardage or something. Yeah. Like, like those 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 pivotal points in the game where to throw the defense off, like, maybe went to the Jets and McDaniels would probably know how to use him because um, of the familiar, familiarity Larity, with him. Um, in San Francisco, but you know, I mean, he was their leading rusher at one. I'm not trying. I know, I it's would, just like what coach? What coach is going to sit there and say, "Oh my God, this guy's got three carries for 26 yards"? Why? We, I got to keep running him. You know, like what? What coach is going to sit back and look at success and be like, "Nah, we, we, well, gotta, we can't I mean, do that." I mean, I think also like if you have him on a long-term deal and like. Last year, he missed a bunch of games. Like, he's had hamstring issues, I think, in his first two years. I don't know if he missed any games last year. Um, he missed one game last year, eight, uh, nine the year before, and one the year before. Uh, now, it's really mainly the one year when he had hamstring issues. But, you know, I, I mean, you know, obviously it's hard to think about the player's health. But, like, but like for your own selfish need, like, you do need to think about the player's health. If he's into a four- or five-year deal, um you need him in that back half. You, yeah, you're going to need him and like you want him you want him, you know, want, you want to keep him fresh throughout the year too. So, yeah, it is tough and I think that's kind of like what Chanet said. Well, we're getting 7 yards a clip. Uh let's just run him more and even if we get him 5 or 6 yards a clip, that's amazing. Um but yeah, that that could definitely be part of it. You know, I think it sounds like it's a combination of things. Like maybe the contract wasn't in Satan um in incentive incentive laden of Leighton, that's the word I was looking for. Uh, enough for him. Maybe that wasn't even an option. Um, maybe you're right, Shanahan's, he feels Shanahan's take advantage of him. He knows he's not going to get paid out as much. Uh, maybe he's not crazy about Trey Lance and knows that that's going to be the future and knows that he wants to capitalize after having a career year. He's probably never going to have a year again where he has 1,800 total yards, 14 touchdowns. Um, that's an insane year. And he was healthy for 16 of the 17. Very hard to duplicate. Like, is Cooper Cup going to have the year that he just did?
But yeah, I was saying I just don't think that um, you know, Trey with Trey Lance, they're probably going to be more run heavy, and uh, he's probably not going to be as accurate a passer as Jimmy is going to be, and the rapport probably won't be the same. So that's going to hurt his numbers, even if they do have team success early on. It might be a lot more, you know, read option, a lot more running with Lance, and a lot more stuff out of the pocket, which which could affect his value. I, I you know, Trey Lance played pretty good, and I think he'll be good. Jimmy's nowhere near the talent, but, you know, they have a rapport for three years. So, you know, maybe he doesn't like the future quarterback positioning. And, you know, I don't know. It could be a lot of factors. But um, I will say, though, in regards to, like, his leverage, um, I mean, or the team's leverage, not that it's great, but they're like, oh, you know, they're going to be like, yeah, they said today we're not trading them. And it's like, well, no shit. This is day one of going to be a saga. Like, he's going to hold out. I'm positive if they don't trade him. Like, he's – if you formally request a trade, there's a great chance you're going to – do that but like aj brown is not happy he took them out of his bio he sounds like he's very very close to requesting a trade if he hasn't yet behind closed doors dk metcalf has been saying all the right things but they're about to be a shit show of three and three to four win team if not the worst team in the league uh competing for that number one draft pick maybe he gets a quarterback next year in a really good draft but still um they're paying tyler lockett a lot of money so they might want to you know send DK to a team like the Jets or the Eagles or one of these other wide receiver needy teams that has picks. So there's a lot of young receivers that could be on the move that are extremely talented, that are at the talent of Debo and possibly even more talented, not a multifaceted. But so if you're in the Niners, it's not like, oh, where are you going to get a player like Debo? Okay. You know, if they're going to, if they're going to say two first round picks or a top 10 and two second round picks, okay, we'll go to AJ Brown then make an offer there. No? Okay, we'll make an offer for DK Metcalf. Because it's well known that there is so many young receivers that are not happy where they are. And we've seen the mobility of receivers in recent years with Hopkins a few years ago and Diggs and uh, who just was traded? There was someone. Oh, Tyreek uh, Hill. Yeah. Tyreek Hill. So, like, the best receivers in the game are now moving, like, consistently. Like, Hopkins was the number one when he moved. Um you know, Diggs was like a top 10 or 12 when he was moved and then moved into, the, you know, the top five or six category. And, and, you know, Hill was arguably top two or three before he was moved this offseason. So receivers are moving at, you know, I don't want to say I mean, they're Devontae needed. Adams was moved too. The oh, Devontae, that's, that's the other one. The best receiver in the NFL, Devontae Adams was moved. So, you know, it's not like they can be like, yeah, who are you going to get? Cross our arms and say, yeah, have fun trading someone else. Okay, I'll get A.J. Brown. Okay, I'll get D.K. Metcalf. Okay, I'll wait two weeks and there'll be another disgruntled receiver that's upset and is young and talented. I wonder if you could call – I wonder if I wonder if the Niners could call either the Seahawks or the Titans and say straight up, Debo for D.K., Debo for A.J. Brown. Um, it's not that crazy. I don't, think it, I don't think it would work with DK because I think that he wouldn't. He just wouldn't want to go to, to the Seahawks. Uh, not that he has a no trade clause, but I think he would. I just think it could be ugly. With AJ Brown and the Titans, it could. Yeah, work. I mean, they all have to sign. They all have to agree. They it would yeah. effectively be sign in trades. Whereas yeah. it was like, like Tyreek, he 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 had contracts negotiated before the deals yeah. were made with both yeah, the Jets and the sure Dolphins. That he has the, the contract extension, but like I think it could work with the Titans. Imagine, imagine Derrick Henry, and then like you know five six carries of Debo and and uh, 
AJ Brown is a little more often injured, I believe, than even Debo has been. He's had hamstring troubles as well. But I mean, yeah, like if they, I don't really know because you know if if they're willing to pay AJ Brown, like they are willing to pay Debo, then it will work on that end, and AJ Brown would be on a winner better than probably anywhere else he would end up. You know, you're looking at a top three to four team at worst in San Francisco, um, and then if you are. Yeah, uh, but I mean, Debo, San Francisco timeline, like, I feel like their their timeline, it, it, the rest of their team is good besides their quarterback. And by the time also, yeah, Trey, Lan- unless Trey Lance comes good. in, he's an in- instant star. They, yeah. You know, they, their timelines might not match up. By the time Trey but Lance is good, half their team that's star. good now might not be there. They were they were a few plays away from going to the – they were really one in, one interception away from going – if that that's guy – they were one play away from going to the Super Bowl. A couple years ago, they went to the Super Bowl with Jimmy G. They don't need elite. If they have good to very good quarterback play, they're probably in the Super Bowl or right there because they did not have great um, quarterback play. This, this, they had good streaks of Jimmy G, like usual. But, um, but then if you are the comfort for Debo is that you know you're not going to get run to the ground because they have Derrick Henry and he's getting 25 to 30 carries. So. I kind of actually like that for for Debo because he's like, I'm not getting more than 10 carries a game. And, yes, and Henry's coming off an injury, true, but he's still getting the rock 20 to 25 times minimum. Like, that's just – that's that's their offense. Um, and he would just give them another dimension of physicality and, you know, many of the similar things A.J. Brown does and just another look, you know, occasionally in the backfield. So I actually like that. I think that's a really good potential – uh, look, we're both disgruntled. We will pay AJ Brown, and then the Titans are like, look, we don't need a run Devo into the ground. Like we have the best running back in the NFL, so it, it really seems like a win all yeah. around. But the one thing though is the Titans have to be willing to pay Devo because they're not really willing to pay AJ Brown. We don't know the the exact numbers, but what are they going to be willing to pay Devo? So that's probably the one thing that I would say is is interesting. And and also, how does he feel about Ryan Tannehill? That could be another. That's the other thing. <clears throat> Who says uh, Ryan Tannehill? I mean, like what Ryan Tannehill? I mean, you probably take Jimmy yeah. G over him in a, in a in a real world sense. In a fantasy sense, Tannehill's better, and Tannehill's got better legs. But in a real world sense, you know, I think people have more confidence in Jimmy G because they're like, you know, when he's when he's got a good team around him, his team wins at a very good clip, a very impressive clip. Um, so. Yeah, that's not a bad option. I mean, I, I'm looking, I'm here with the Jets, um, and I'm definitely interested in any of those three guys we named, depending on the price. Possibly for the 10th overall, we'll see. It's 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 hard to see, it's hard to tell because it really depends on how the draft goes. And it's like, can we have things lined up ahead of time? Yeah, but also somewhat, you know, it doesn't always work out that way. Because, like, I really want... Uh, Kayvon, the DN from Oregon at four, and then I would really want Sauce Gardner at ten. I know the Giants like him at eight, and I know he could be eight, at nine, and I know there's other teams that like him too. I mean, we're even thinking about taking Sauce at four if Kayvon's gone. So if I got if I got um, Kayvon at four, I would feel a lot better about getting and so you're already addressing the defense in a large way, and you ha- pair him with Lawson, then you know, I I might be able to trade the 10th overall for uh, a top receiver. But ideally, I would like to trade our two second-round picks, early second-round picks for one of those um, types of receivers, and maybe a third or fourth next year or something. Because um, that's, I think, my perfect 
my dream my uh dream scenario is is we get Kayvon Sauce Gardner makes our defense a whole ton big better an additional loss in and, and White had the safety from Tampa and DJ Reader the safety from uh the second corner from the Seahawks so we have a wholly revamped defense there and then you add uh the two tight ends we had plus the, the two tight ends and Irv Smith and uh CJ Uzama return Corey Davis return a healthy Elijah Moore and you get you know DJ uh no DJ um Debo Samuel or DK Metcalf or AJ Brown I mean that would that's my dream scenario I mean it would probably very tough to execute that but there's a lot of moving parts of the draft so it, it's hard to tell exactly what what we're gonna do I have a strong feeling that we're gonna make a strong play for one of these three guys though I do. It's crazy the draft is a week away. It is. It really you know? is. It, it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Out of nowhere. It always come, pops up. We were just so um, in on But, yeah, Hill, I mean, you're right. We a lot so of shit's going to go down before then. We were so in on, on Hill, and, yeah. like, we really made a significant push for him. So, you know, we have other three guys that are going to probably be a little cheaper, uh, both in draft capital and, and uh, annual value. So, I'm I'm with it depending on the correct deal, but I'm not giving up the tenth tenth overall on a second round pick for any of these guys. Uh, I'm not giving up a first and a second for any yeah. of these guys. Um, but I, I trust no, Joe Douglas, no, no, and, and if, not when they have that leverage. And if the Seahawks, yeah, when they don't have that leverage, and when the Seahawks um, want to trade with us, by all means, I don't think they're going to want to. But the Seahawks want to reconvene yeah. post. Uh, Jamal Adams trading ain't looking too good. Yeah, Jamal Adams is. Um, but yeah, I mean, surely, surely a lot going down before between now and next Thursday. Um, but let's let's take a, a shift over to the NBA. The NBA playoffs um, on fully underway now. Uh, we got we, we did we record before the play-in started last week or I can't remember. Um, but anyways, we got you know. Uh, Pelicans evening the series last night. Scott Foster game. Chris Scott Paul Foster now game. fourteen or zero and fourteen against oh, and 13, uh, in the playoffs from Scott Foster referees. It was twelve now. It's oh, it's zero and fourteen after last Brandon night. Brandon Ingram and C.J. McCollum literally couldn't miss in the last five minutes of the game. Like the uh, the Suns were actually scoring with them, and a lot of that fourth quarter they were going basket for basket. It, the pace was out of control, but it was like Brandon Ingram was not even touching the rim he was touching nothing but net for a while he's he had an okay first game but he had an amazing um closeout game against the uh who did they play they played the the spurs at first and then they came back against the clippers no we haven't talked about that i was very happy the clippers shit the bed once again loved love to see the clippers shit the bed and paul and that Kawhi have more drama with them and they got a little shafted because of paul george and the uh in the protocol, that was kind of bullshit, but probably changes the outcome potentially. But um, yeah, and then and then what was in the other plane? You had the Hawks. I thought that was pretty easy to see. They were going to be Charlotte and the Cavs. I don't think that was a surprise to anyone. Yeah, yeah, like, that was. I mean, the Cavs are. We kind of knew they were not. Really yeah, they just they just they're just young and talented this year. They're missing like a LeBron. Like yeah, if they had LeBron, they're a year away they'd... from a year away. 
Yeah, but if they had, like, someone like LeBron and, like, got rid of Colin Sexton somehow, like, something like that, like, they would be a contender. Um, but, yeah, I don't think anyone bought them or the Bulls this year, especially the Bulls since they lost uh, Lonzo. I feel like they're all young, and it's come together nice, but too early for them. But the playoffs have been really exciting, though. They've been, they've been uh, like, you have, you have Dallas upsetting. They're one and one right now, upsetting with no Luka. And he got into full practice today, so he can possibly pay by game three. I think he's definitely back by game four, in my opinion. But I mean, it's just it's just with the yeah, Utah I mean, that's, team. that's huge for them if they can. Yeah, if they think, can. They can be even coming with Luca coming back. I mean, well, I think even that's now, the best case scenario for them. If they went down 0-2, Luca would have to play because you're going back to Utah, and you can't go down 0-3, obviously. Because they were at home for these two. But yeah, it felt no. like a huge, massive win. It felt like they were huge underdogs because they were underdogs, even though they were at home. And the thing is, everyone in the world knows that the Mavericks are better with Luka than the Jazz are. The Jazz know it. The Jazz know it. The Jazz are, I, I bet you that locker room with those personalities, with Donovan Mitchell, who I'm not going to say he's got some diva in him, but... He passes to the other team more than he passes to Rudy Gobert. And that's actually real. Um, that's an actual stat. He pa- he passes to the other team more than he passes to his own teammate, Rudy Gobert. Um, he's got his own personal issues with Rudy. And they got a lot of tension on that team. And Stephen A. Smith said, he said, I'm so sick of them. I'm so sick of them, too, because they have a, the Jazz have a great team on paper. They got Bogdanovich and, and Jordan Clark off the bench and Mitchell and Gobert, the shot blocker. And uh, that Conley. kid O'Neal can make threes. Conley is the veteran point guard. What are they missing? Like, other than saying, like, oh, a top t- another top five player that would make them better. But, like, they have the defense. They have the three-point shooters. They have the score off the bench. They have the shot blocker. They ha- and they can never make it out of the first round. And, but there's no – and there's no way they, they – there's no way they can they can get that, even if they find a way to acquire that other star. That other I mean, wing, we thought it was Conley. Know, we thought three... Conley would help them. You know, we thought Conley but would be. But what huge... I'm saying is, even if they find a way to acquire another scoring wing, there's no way they can do that without sacrificing the depth that, and which is yeah. part of what makes them so great now. Yeah, and they already got that anyway. Bogdanovich you know? is such an underrated scoring wing. He's so good. He's just he's very slept on it. And Clarkson can score from the wing too. So, I think they're fucked. I think Mitchell's going to Miami or. New York, I think probably New York is, I don't think, we'd have to disrupt a lot of things in Miami. A lot of, we'd have to move a lot of parts, sign and trade, I don't know. I think it'd be, it'd be ugly, because we do have a lot of players. Uh, it's possible. I, I'd say it's more likely he goes to the Knicks, in my opinion. But, um, but yeah, once even, so what I was trying to say is that even if, I think they can rest Luka, even if he's like 75, 80%, and say, take the extra two or three days, get that calf ready, because if we're down 2-1, that's still a win for us if you're coming back because they're not beating us. They're not beating us two more times with you back unless you re-injure it. Um, so if they bring him back too early in game whoa, whoa, three, whoa. hold what? on. I got some breaking news that you are going to be very uh, shocked about, Sully. Oh, Jay no. Wright is officially retiring as the head coach of Villanova. Oh no! What? Fordham University coach Kyle Neptune is expected to be the choice to succeed Jay Wright as the new head coach of Villanova. Um, 
Yeah, this is a Shams tweet. Jeez, that's the last thing I would... Wow. Uh, he's not going elsewhere, I just imagine, right? I mean, there's... What, what, I mean, what better job is there than Villanova for him right now? Yeah. He's Justin, 60. Villanova's Jay Wright, one of... I didn't College know he was basketball's that old. iconic coach, Naceville Hall of Famer, seriously contemplating retiring this offseason. Right, sixties, meeting with his family and making a final decision soon. Oh, he's contemplating. Wow. But, wow. But I mean, if they're already naming successors, Kyle Neptune from Forden. Yeah, that's not good. That's not good. Wow, my whole college basketball team is just. That's tough. That's crazy. crazy. I mean, that's like, like, I mean, if he, I mean, if he wins another, like, two, one or two titles, I mean, he's, you're talking about him as a, a top five basketball coach of all time for college basketball. Yeah, I Resume mean, wise. the last 10 years, he's the best coach in basketball, hands down, like, college basketball. Like, yeah. he's, like, there's, you know, no one, and when he has his healthy team, like, he's getting to the Final Four lead eight or, like, making a play, winning it all. And it's like, like... Calipari and Coach K are great in their own right, but like they have a top three to four talented team at worst every year, and they usually don't make it to like the Final Four. Most years they don't. Um, so yeah. like, like he just we never had the we did get better talent of late, but he was just and if you didn't want fill the villain of a way like like Quinterly like fuck that dude Quinterly, uh, you were out. Like Quinterly is like this top ten prospect, and like like he's not even like probably gonna get. Yeah. Um, drafted now or like he's like a late pick or something like he's you know struggling with bama comparatively uh so you know we've we've had it with other players that major get for you guys i remember that yeah and then people were like he was a huge dickhead and then we were just like all right see ya like he was like unhappy with his playing time as a freshman jay wright's like you got to work for it like and uh he's like no i'm not working i'm like he's like okay cool it's getting I'm cooked by fucking little white Archie Diacono in practice, and he got fucking pissed. Yeah. But uh, that's that's a bummer. I mean, it sounds like, in my head, like it's like an 80% thing, or it's like like near near official type thing that he's going to be... Uh... Yeah, that's crazy. Wow. I didn't. I, I also didn't realize he was 60, but Because he looks so young. He looks, he, looks wow. like, he looks great. He's always been like... The, He's like a John Stamos guy. Like he's just like this Italian, good-looking, like. Yeah, he looks like know. he's forty-eight. He does look like he's forty-eight. He's like very like. But I mean, energy. you think about it from his perspective. What are we doing here? Let's do this. Oh my god. Yeah, what's going on here? That's my fucking ESPN, fucking autoplay. God damn it. I don't know. ESPN just playing ads. I've always, I've never had to worry about my coaches. I've always had the best, in my opinion, most underrated coaches for my teams being Jay Wright and Eric Spolster, guys that really never got enough credit, but I'll take them as, as with anyone. I'd always take them. They're always in the similar boat that they were, maybe not right now, but they were always slept upon for so many, for so many reasons. Both won multiple championships. Uh, not that they're, you know, I think Jay Wright's probably better in his field, but they're both just tremendous Guys that were, I mean, I, I Spolster still slept upon in, in in some circles, I'd say, um, but you know, they just always really got the job done. Um, so, yeah, I guess Villanova's gonna have a hole. It's, I, I assumed it was it was it was some sort of Jet Debo news when you when you when you said that, and then you said I, I was gonna be shocked, not happy with it, 
So then I got a little nervous. So that wasn't the news that I was hoping for. Yeah, I don't think that anyone was hoping for that or expecting that. He always he seems like um, a healthy yeah, guy that, too. Wow. So yeah, but about, well, from his perspective, you like, I mean, you're looking at. I mean, he's accomplished probably more than he could have dreamed of as you know entering coaching. Probably coached thirty five years. Probably made. Yeah, he's made tens of millions of dollars. He'll be a legend wherever he goes in in Pennsylvania, and in anywhere in college in, within the college or basketball sphere. I'm sure he, he could like he walk loves into. It, he seems. Like I know, he really I know, but I'm sure he could walk into. I'm sure he's also going to love oh, playing could. golf four days a week, and then walking into like you know a media job two days a week when he wants or some front office executive role in college or the NBA or some recruiting role like he's he's one of those guys that'll just where whatever he wants to do they'll be like yeah, yeah sure yep yeah what, how much do you want multi-million you know? dollar deal with Fox so or, yeah I know I know it's just he seems like a worker he seems like a like a coach K or a Cal or like he's gonna go down with that program for a long long time and he has been with them for a very long time uh I still got my Jay Wright autograph in, in over there. I probably he does. That I mean, yeah, like I don't, I don't, I don't believe that Coach K is going to be sitting at home seven days a week next year. Like he's going to no. be doing something, you know. He, well, they did uh, get him. He's a dog. not. He, they got not him a like, dog. Yeah, yeah. He but, fucking gave that dog away like six seconds after he got it. <laughs> he's like, I'm not dealing with this shit. He got home and he was like, he gave it to his wife. He's like, you deal with this. I'm not picking up poop. I'm not putting food in the bowl. He can come hang out with me, but get this shit out of here. I got bad. I got film to watch. Um, yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think coach K will stay away. And I don't, I don't know. It would, it would suck to see Jay Wright, uh, leave like this, but kind of out of nowhere, but I guess, um, maybe he'll do the, uh, this is my last year thing. He'll do a tour and give the school a year to kind of transition and whatnot, and I don't know, but shocking for sure. Um, all right, well, moving off that breaking news, let's uh, let's head over to uh, the MLB for a little bit and kind of talk to, about the first week of the season, first let's, two weeks of the season. Let's go to the MLB. The Mets fans' favorite time of year? Oh, April. No one. No How are we one, feeling, no Sully? One, no one runs April like the Mets. And no one ruins it in July like the Mets either. Um, I mean, it's a small sample size. We're looking at 12 games, best run differential and best record in the league at 9-3. and three. No DeGrom. Conceivably, he's missed three starts that he would have had. But, um, I mean, our rotation is just, I mean, Walker's out. Uh, our rotation's been fantastic. Uh, it's been, un- I mean, ungodly. I mean, really not even realistic how good we've been and they're sure going to regress they're going to regress to a certain level but uh bassett looks like a legit ace he's he's our two now without Degrom. um he's a three with Degrom. there's no better three probably in the game than bassett you're gonna have uh you have scherzer who struggled and then pitched a seven inning one hitter yesterday carrasco i think was one of the biggest wild cards i think he's given up a run in two starts he's been fantastic retired 15 in a row one one start um tyler mcgill has been killing it he's like six seven he's huge uh even peterson who i don't like has been good everyone's been good and then walker in his two innings limited time was fantastic making hitters look silly so 
Um, we're definitely going to regress when it comes to the pitching just because we're not going to have a 1.5 ERA for the year with when it comes to our starters. The pen's been an issue. It's going to be an issue. It seemingly always is um, with the Mads Lugo. This Rodriguez guy has been a little better that we got from, from you guys, but he hasn't been um, nowhere near as effective as he should be as a lefty. Are you the having Bash- Jolie Rodriguez close? No, 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 no. He just, he, he you know, he's like been like a oh. seventh inning eighth inning guy um we had a little bit of a closer okay. issue when when um diaz's grandma i believe died for a couple of days he was he was out obviously for three games and uh we kind of had to that was one of the games we blew a four-run lead in uh so but you know our bats are exciting because like Marte is a is like a 30 30 guy he's gonna get 30 doubles he's gonna get still 47 49 bags last year so i think it was 47 uh, Mark, yeah, I mean, him Mark, and Lindor getting off to a hot start is exciting. Oh, Lindor, I had a feeling Lindor was going to have, have a great year. I really did. Um, he's too talented. Now. I mean, he's been too good for so long not to be, and he's entering this prime of 28. I think it was the New York pressure first year, it's very common for players to not meet expectations, whether it's A-Rod, whether it's Jason Bay really shit the bed. Um, it, it happens, and I think he Jason was a prime bounce back in. I mean, Jason Bay was on track record for have a hall of fame career before them that's 30 and 100 per year 300 average um but you know but i mean uh can has been great for us eduardo escobar hasn't been amazing but he's been a doubles machine he's just a really good hitter runs things out uh mcneil looks way worlds better uh nimmo's back nimmo's a great leadoff guy for us we just have a much more complete lineup and it's not you know, these Michael Confortos, these big lefties that strike out as much. We're putting the ball in play. We're hitting with runners in scoring position, which we didn't do at all last year. Um, I just, I really, really like our team. Uh, I'm sure that it'll, it'll get bad but at times, but I, I bet them on the uh, plus 185 or plus 180 boost to win the division. It's been up for like four days, and they keep winning. We already have a three-and-a-half division lead over everyone. Um, it's like three and a half to five games over everyone, which is crazy as a nice just head start. But I, I really like the team. I, I just I, – we, we're stealing bases. Pete Alonzo looks fantastic. Um, even at first, after costing us a game, he looks great, looks improved. Dom Smith hasn't been what we want so far, really. But, I mean, we just have a – we have like a complete deep lineup with power, with lefties, with switch hitters, with speed. I just really like our lineup. I really like our starters. I love our starters with the Grom healthy. I think the one issue I think is going to be for us is going to be our bullpen. That's the main issue. Did you see Conforto got offered a contract by the Long Island Ducks today or yesterday? You're kidding. You're kidding. Yeah. Or they, I don't know if they offered him a contract, but they, they called the check-in. He, tur- he turned which down. Is, uh, that, that's a reality nice. check. Well, he didn't want to negotiate it all until he got his shoulder right, but that's been like three weeks now. So, I mean, he's definitely a even starting caliber receiver. I'm mean, a receiver, um, outfielder. He's a starting caliber outfielder at minimum four, a four, fourth outfielder. Uh, shouldn't have turned down that $100 million deal the Mets offered from a year ago. Thank God he did. But I, I, I also, it's kind of weird because it was a down year. I get. I mean, like, like him and Baker are in like a similar situation right now, where it's like people like completely forgot about any past success, and they're acting like they're complete garbage, which they're not. They're just had down years, and that happens, and they're entitled yeah. to have down years. 
Um, like people are acting like Baker can't even like be a top 40 quarterback. And I don't understand it. Like, I mean, even his biggest haters know he's a top 32 quarterback, hands down. And with Conforto, like, is he a top, how many outfielders start? A top 90 outfielder? No question he's a top 90 outfielder. He's had too much success not to. So yeah, it, it, it's a little bit of disrespect, but I think, you know, they're going to get rid of the shift next year. Conforto's going to eat next year. Like, the shift killed Conforto. I think he's going to have a fantastic year once the shift's off. So, Same, yeah, it's like the Gallo and Rizzo effect, you know. Yeah, like these guys Rizzo, are going to eat. Gallo's going to bat 270 next year. Yeah, he's like if literally he going to make bat. contact. So, I, yeah, so I don't, to me, I, I you know, do I want to bring him back to the Mets? I don't, to be honest. And Conforto's a great guy and Mets fans love him, but I don't really want to bring him back because I don't want to disrupt what we have. I don't want to take playing time away from McNeil or Escobar or Nimmo or, Canada or Marte. I mean, he's not an upgrade over any of those guys. So I saw today that the reason he might not be getting signed is because of the draft pick that's attached to signing him. Like you got to uh, give up a first or second round pick to us, right? To sign him. Yeah. That's unless it's you guys. Yeah. And that's obviously you're not giving up, but you're not giving up a pick to re-sign your own guy, but no, no. Yeah. It would be, we'd be getting the draft pick. That sucks for, for us. And that, cause I remember the competition we were going to get, we thought we were gonna get. Uh, yeah. So if he, I, I forget what the date is, but it's like in mid June, I believe, or late June. Mid June. I thought it was like early May. But maybe I'm wrong. I hope it's it was definitely. It, maybe I'm wrong, but I thought I remembered mid June. I don't think he makes it that far. I think a team will hop on him before then because uh, injuries. Are Especially if there's a major injury. Injury. Yeah, and there will be major injuries. So, uh, yeah, I'm just I'm really happy with how the Mets are playing. It's not going to – it's a matter of how much do we regress. But we have the best pitcher in baseball returning. He's getting a follow-up uh, uh, exam on Monday, uh, a CAT scan or MRI, MRI, whatever the fuck they're called. Um, and if all goes well, he feels good, then he's going to resume throwing. And uh, June 1st is well within play, if not late, even earlier, potentially. So I'm – you know, I mean – What's not to be excited if you're a Mets fan, really? It's a little bit of... But we actually have talent now. We actually have talent offensively, and, and we're not squeaking out games. We're, we're doing everything we didn't in years prior, hitting, in run, hitting with runners in scoring position and all that good stuff. So I'm, uh, I'm thrilled. How do you feel about the Yankees? Could be better. Um, I, it's, it's just... it's a. So starting to see a lot of the same issues as last year. Um, obviously, it's, you know, 10 games in. Um, pitching staff outside of Garrett Cole looks great. Uh, I think there was two – I'm sure that's changed now, that Cole. But as of, like, three days ago, we had the best ERA in the major leagues. It's like 2.32 combined ERA. Um, you know, it, it, we just got to hit with runners in scoring position. We got to – I mean, Judge just hit it a double to score some runs uh, or score a run. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's all about situational hitting. Uh, also, I think it, Gallo needs to get figured the fuck out. I don't know what the hell he's doing, but, I mean, he's he's having the worst start year of his career I've ever seen. Um, the, he had the golden sombrero last night against the Tigers, four strikeouts. Um, it is nice to see Connor Falefa starting to come on with the bat a little bit. I think he had his best yeah, game. I was as never a worried about him. 
He's like a 260, 270 solid contact hitter, speed, great defender. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he hit, didn't he hit like 285 with the Rangers last year, 288, something like that? Uh, I know he was over 300 for a while, but I think he ended up in the 270, 280 range, yeah. I think he did. Yeah, I think it was somewhere. 280 something. Um, he was. But yeah, we, you know, he went two for three last night with two stolen bases, a double. Like, he, he made a couple great defensive plays. That was his best, best play. 271. Best, 271, okay. 280 um, the year before. But that, so, no, he's, he's a good 265 career hitter. Nowadays, too, that's much better than it sounds. He's, he's, yeah. a, he's, he's a solid, but he's, he's what they need. I've been saying it for years. A contact hitter with speed. That's what they need. Yeah. That's why I was like Rizzo was like Rizzo and Galley. Rizzo for the veteran leadership and fulfill the first base hole with Void always being out. And you have Rizzo. I mean, excuse me, Gallo. Gallo was versatility defensively, and him being a plus defender is very helpful. But offensively, I just don't really understand the big lefty pull hitter. Yeah, it's good for the porch, but other than that, they have so many strikeout guys, and it's just the same story when these have these strikeout all-or-nothing hitters, and in the postseason, you might win a series or two, but good pitching or great pitching is going to overcome great hitting in a, in a seven-game series more times than not. So I, I really That's thought, the thing, though. I, the Yankees' pitching has been fantastic. It's been fantastic. I mean, outside, yeah, Garrett outing, Cole yeah. had a rough outing, but, like, in totality, the Yankees, I mean, they had the, be- I mean, Garrett they had Cole the best ERA, the biggest- a couple – the biggest disappointment, pitching-wise, is by far Garrett Cole. Like, what is? Oh what my is God, going he's been, and he's just such a fucking baby about everything. I mean, at least he didn't make excuses last night. At least he didn't come in and say, you know, it fucking took too long inning, or you know, some. At least there was no bullshit excuse last night. It was just. I mean, he yeah, threw what forty something pitches, and he threw what forty something pitches in a whole. Um, yeah, it was like forty-five or forty-six pitches in the second inning. That's insane. I mean, that's even more than I. That's more than I'd let my three hundred million dollar guy go. Anyway, is I honestly like I'm not. Yeah. Well, the I, thing is, he I, looked great in the first inning. He struck out the side in the first inning. So you know, you're kind of like, okay, well, you know, half hour ago, you looked like you were about to throw a seven inning gem, you know, and then yeah, and then I, all of a sudden, I mean, I, that's that's being very lenient though. That is giving him the benefit of the doubt. For I wouldn't let my oh for sure. Win. 40, 42 max, and he's got a $300 million price tag against him, uh, on him. So, you know, he yeah, he's been a baby, and his first two starts, one start he actually was good, but he just got tagged by Vlad like every time. And then the first start he was bad, and then the Vlad start he ended up giving up three or four runs in six innings. Not what you not awful, not great. And then this last start he doesn't make it out of the second inning, walks five. So, um. I don't know. I don't think he's been the same pitcher since Sticky Tack at the end, uh, at the end, or Spider Tack at the end of the year. He had a hamstring injury that I think really uh, hampered him, which I think was noticeable. I still think he can be a really good pitcher, but I, it's enough. I, I just think with, and I think probably you and most Yankee fans would agree, whether it's this or that, it's it's enough with the excuses. It's it's just yeah. Um, it's time to pitch. Like I I've, I said it, and Yankee fans like defended him. And they're like, oh, he'll be good. I'm not worried about him. Last thing I worried about, and then I said I think the hamstrings bothering him at the end, and now it's a new year, and he's 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 still struggling. So it's he needs to shut up, he needs to stop crying, and he needs to start throwing six, seven in shutout innings and start p- delivering against shit teams too. He needs to start shutting out the Tigers and going seven innings against the Orioles, and you know he needs to start delivering. 
because he hasn't yeah, been. Absolutely. And I'm, like, let me, I'm not in panic. I'm not going to sit here and think that, you know, Garrett Cole is going to all of a sudden be not a good pitcher. Um, yeah, I don't think so either. It's it's just, but, you know, I'm and I'm not in panic mode yet. And I'm not in, like, uh, I'm in shut the fuck up mode for sure. Yeah. Like, that's, shut that's the fuck up and fair. pitch. Um, But, I mean, I'm not there now. But if we get two or three more starts like this. I don't even want to know what the fucking words are going to be coming out of Yankee Yankees fans. And they wouldn't be entirely wrong, you know? Like, we're talking six, seven starts and eight starts into a season, and you're, you know, your ERA's in the fives, and you ha- you're one and three. You know, what the fuck yeah. are we doing here? Yeah, and I think really he's, he, be- I, I believe he's still zero and zero on in the win-loss column because the Yankees won every game that he pitched, but not because of him. Well, they because didn't win the, the uh, they didn't win the the Vlad game. Oh, okay, yeah, they they did not win that game. But I don't know if he got a decision in that. No, I don't think he. Um... Like I, they may have been tied when when he left the game or something like that. You know what I mean? Like I don't I know if he Kyrie got a decision. Got, I think Kyrie Irving just got hurt. How how bad are we talking? I don't know. Well, I just Yankees saw him took a to... lead. I just saw him walk to the uh, the the uh, the locker room, but I um, why would a no? He's just got to go burn some sage. <laughs> he's got maybe That's he's it. eating. Maybe honestly, maybe he's going to eat that the sun's down. Not even kidding. Oh yeah, he's doing. I forgot he's doing the Ramadan thing. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, he's it, doing that. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I mean, listen, I, I you know. Do what you want, but uh, I have a I have a tough time with people who pick up religions like or change religions halfway through their life. I got a tough time well, from a logical standpoint, like getting well, well, behind that. I don't because I think that when you are a child, many times you adopt the religion that your parents want you or want you not to have. And I think a lot of people get more educated and you know, especially college and after college and. You know, I don't. I, you know, I know he kind of did it later on in life, but I think you get more educated and you you make your own choice. So I don't really, you know, there's so many million different religions. I guess it, like, I guess it does depend on the reason on why you you're know. doing it or why. But if you're just like one day, like, yep, I, I believe this. The thing is, now. though, that he does like, have what? going for him is that it's not affecting his performance whatsoever. No, and that, uh, like if trust he was, me. If he Imagine was, if it was. I mean, the guy wouldn't. If, it would be number yeah. one story every day, every minute, every we'd be hour. Giving you, we'd, we'd be giving you burgers. We'd be we'd be feeding you, my boy. Yeah. Like, eat up, son. Like, here we go, son. Let, we we got to eat, dude. We yeah. got to drink water. The craziest thing that I heard was they don't can't drink anything. I thought it was like like I used to fast before. Like, oh, Cantor's like been doing it for. Cantor's been doing it his whole yeah. career, right? No, I I know. He's just and Hakeem did it too. Yeah, he did. But I just, I, I just, for some reason, I think of fasting as food. I didn't know you couldn't take a sip of fucking fluid for 12 hours. Like you Yeah, can, I thought water was you allowed. You can do it. Yeah, you can do it like I've done. It. You could do it like seltzer and water and coffee. Like you can like black coffee. Like I've done it. Like it's totally doable. But not having like, how can not, how can not drinking a, I can, and I could even help see how that could help you get you in the zone. Like if you're fasting and that's your time. But how can, not drinking water to me or any liquid can only be a detriment to you if you're not hydrated. And I know he's probably like on an IV or getting super hydrated after, but that can't help you. Well, that's cheating. To get an you IV? You can't be fasting and taking IVs. 
Well, if you you know it's you can if it's when the sun's down. Oh, well, after the sun, yeah, then yeah, then yeah, you can eat regular saying. food. That's what I'm oh, saying. Okay. I'm yeah, sure, yeah, I'm yeah. Sure, I'm sure he's getting IVs and all that jazz. I thought you were saying he down. was sneaking an IV instead of eating. Like, no, that would be cheating. That's definitely that cheating. cheating. That would be cheating. But I'm saying, like, take all the IVs and eat all the burgers you want when the, when the sun goes down. Like, inject whatever you Some want. Some of my favorite uh, Cantor Instagram videos were, like, the meals that he would show that he was eating, like, after, like, during Ramadan, but after the, you know, sun went down, like... You know how The Rock does, like, those cheat meals sometimes on Instagram? They're just, like, the fucking most insane meals ever. Like, sushi and steak and all this shit. They just... But Cantor, like, I remember he had, like, you know, fucking ten In-N-Out burgers, like, five orders of fries, onion rings, like, steak. It was just pancakes. It was, like, the most incredible fucking garbage plate of food that he was just eating. I'm mm-hmm. like, first of all, how can one human eat this much food? But... It yeah. just looked so fucking delicious. It was like a buffet of, of unhealthy greatness. But Kyrie's probably going in and eating a fucking kale salad or something. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't, he not, doesn't strike not. me as the Shake Shack guy. I'm not listening to it, so I don't know if Kyrie's actually... Oh, he's back out. I don't know. He was probably just... He was probably... Oh, he's got food on the sidelines! No way! He's literally got food oh, on the sidelines. Go. You oh called it. God. You called it. Nailed it. I did, but like he's literally got it on the sidelines. It looks like he's got like a snack wrap and something. They, they showed it quickly, but like, I would geez. assume he would try. Like, what you you probably want to try and eat like a power bar or something. You know, something of the equivalent, like uh, you know, something that's going to deliver a lot of nutrients in a small package. You know what I mean? Yeah, not like not super filling. Um, not yeah, like he shouldn't be eating a sandwich. You know, like he should just be. You know. Crushing a power bar or a Luna bar or some, you know, one of those things, some pro- high protein, high nutrient, you know, thing that he could just yeah, chow you, down you on quick. He- you don't want something heavy on the stomach for certain. So. No, definitely not. Yeah. Um, but uh, the yeah. heater, he- in other news, the, the heater dominating the Hawks. Um, love to see it. Good. Up too well. That. Yeah, I know you're happy with that. That's going to be a four or five game. Um, Certainly happy about that. Yeah, that'll Dude, be. It's nice to see that the, ter- the the Grizzlies come make a nice convincing win in in game two. Yeah, I got I them in six a, games or less. I think that'll be a six or seven game series at this point. Um, well, let's keep it at six. Let's keep let's, it at six. <laughs> let's keep it at six. Uh, and then you got. We don't have to get um, too crazy. The Nuggets are looking bad, and the what do you call it? The yeah the. The uh, can't think. The Warriors do look really good with Jordan Poole killing it. He's their best player lately, really. Um, and Curry's coming off the bench with limited minutes, but it's uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, they definitely they've do always look needed really that good. that without KD, they've always needed that that other guy to kind of step up and like do things in that role yeah. player position. Like I just conventional wisdom would say it's it's um, it was Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins coming into yeah. this year, but. You know, and while he was that at times, like he's not that in the playoffs now. Like you know, before before KD came, it was Harrison Barnes. You know, yeah, but, but I do think he... we need to pump the brakes a little bit because the Nuggets, Nuggets and the Jazz have definitely been downtrending, and the Nuggets are a team that without Porter and Jamal Murray it really hurts them, especially in the playoffs. When you they can win 50, 45 games in the regular season, but the Nuggets are a type of team if you're playing them, really, if you like can limit Jokic, like you know. They got Monte nothing. Morris and yeah, Monte Morris and Barton are nice players, but they're not combined for fifty on you. Um, so no, I mean it's uh, let's be real. It's, the Nuggets are a team that are that are missing their second and third best player. 
they are, 100%. Second and third best players are not, yeah. So, I think, uh, you know, they're doing what they should. I think they'll probably win in five. I think Denver's going to steal one on the road. Um, I think Chicago may steal one. That was a really ugly game for, really ugly game for uh, both teams in game one. So, I think, and then I think. You know, uh, Golden State's the new favorite to win it all. With Booker out? Like the, the. Gold, Golden State's the new betting favorite to win it all as of this morning. Interesting. Um, yeah, I might hop on the Suns because it doesn't sound like the hamstring's too, too serious for Booker. And uh, Yeah, what they say? He's going to be out two games? Well, two games minimum. It'll probably be a decent amount of time. Maybe it's a week, two weeks. Maybe even misses the beginning of the next series. Who would they play in the next series? It would be the 4-5 matchup. It'd be the... Mavericks, it would be the Mavericks most likely. They can handle the Mavericks. Yeah. I would hope so. No, I don't. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's... Uh, Just as long as Scott Foster's not reffing. Because then they got no shot. Yeah. Um, but, but, yeah, I mean, anything else in NBA playoff-wise that we're missing? Um, we hit all this. I mean, the sick, this uh, Brooklyn, Brooklyn's up 14 right now. Uh, they're really yeah. smoking the Celtics right now. You, you know, they were in control being... most of the game, though, in game one. Uh, it was very, very uh, Not this much, but they were they, – I, I feel like very, they had a comfortable lead. It was very back and forth. They really they really didn't have a comfortable lead. The Boston was actually up most of it, I think. They were – Boston was up as many as 12 or so. I don't think – I wouldn't say it was a they, – they, Oh, really? I they, thought it was the other way. Like, I was – to be honest, I, that was Easter Sunday, no, Boston, so I was going in Boston and out. Had, watching yeah, Boston – had the lead for most of the game, um, but it was back and forth, back and forth. But like when the Nets had the lead, they were up like two or three. When the, the uh, Celtics had the lead, they were up by like four to ten. And it was until the fourth quarter where the Nets really took their biggest like six seven point lead. Um, but they gave that game away. KD was awful. KD's already got eight or nine in this game. We knew he'd have a big game. Um, the Kyrie antics is kind of crazy. Uh, he's really going at it with the fans. Yeah, that's that's going to be Kyrie and Boston. I do respect you really, the, you, you know. You're not a Kyrie fan. I respect fan. the kind of embrace. You. No, you I'm not like a Kyrie fan. I, you don't like either of them. No, I don't like I don't like either I don't like either team. But I I mean I am rooting for Boston in this series. But I you know when it comes to the I, I respect Kyrie just kind of being like fuck it fuck you fuck this like. You know, it's the playoffs. Fuck it. Shut the fuck up. You know, it is what it is. That's the, you know, that's, that's the best opinion he's had in three years. So I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, Yeah, no, it's kind of, everyone's thinking it, you know, shut up. Fuck you. It's playoffs. I I got no problem with players like going back at, going back at uh, fans because they really, the fans are never held accountable and can do whatever the hell they want. They don't get suspended. They don't get kicked out of the arena unless it's like a racial thing or something really crazy. And I don't think they said anything racial to him because I'm sure like uh, we would have heard about it. He would have said something and so the fans. Oh, yeah, he would have said something. It would have been, been known. And, and I know Boston doesn't have the best history with that stuff, but um, it doesn't sound like it was. And yeah, you can go back at fans for sure. But also Kyrie does play this Ramadan peace all love as well type of guy. And you know, he can't really be like the Yeah, peaceful. a little bit of a little bit of talking out of both sides of his mouth. Yeah, in, in that for regard. Sure. That's the one thing I'll say. 
because he's like, just do you. And like, I will say, like, I have a lot of respect for him with the vaccine. Just like he didn't put winning or anything. He like stuck to his core values and he's sticking to like even their newfound values at the run. He's sticking to that. He's not compromising what he believes for basketball, which is, you know, not defining him. So I totally get that. I respect it. He's stayed consistent in that regard. Um, in years past, he hasn't been the most consistent person with certain things. And, you know, but he's really, you know, you got to kind of respect how he's how he's done it. You know, you may not agree with him, how he's handled the fans. I don't got much of a problem with it. He's dropping 39. He's not on food. He's not eating food. He's not drinking water. He's dropping 39. People are calling him every name in the book. Uh, he's just performing. You know, he's killing yeah, you it. You can't hate it. Can't hate it at all. But, uh, yeah, I, th- I think that's going to be a good good series, seven-game series, hopefully. Yeah, um, I, I got think the that's Nets. Probably I got, I the, it's probably the premier series in the first round just because, you know, the Nets yeah. are an unlikely to – you know, going into the year, this was like a popular Eastern Conference Finals pick. So we're yeah. getting in the first round. Um, but, yeah, I think that's going to do it for this week's episode. Um, as always, thanks for stopping by. Thanks for listening. Please rate, subscribe unsubscribe subscribe do all those good things check us out on social at bleacher fan and bleacher fan sports and we will see you next week